What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to chapter 184 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Justice for the Pilled episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. This week, we are catching up with the January 6th committee. Have they found out more about what your uncle did that day? (laughs) And will their multimedia presentation that they're currently working on be content-rich enough to finally, through sheer production value, create a country where an ex-president is brought to justice for doing illegal stuff? Or will it just end up being a cool opportunity to find out just how far down the rabbit hole our entire ruling class has fallen? Travis, bring us home. Give us the skinny. Unravel this mystery for us. Yeah, yeah, exciting stuff. Uh, So yeah, we've been getting a lot of news out of the January 6th committee, sort of uh, making people whose hearts perhaps have been... uh, frozen over by the non-results of the Mueller investigation, <laughs> warm up again with hope that maybe one day justice will come. We'll see how oh, that goes. Blue Balls episode for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's my here's here's the official uh, Rokotansky prediction. Did you have to start the prediction with smoke coming out of your mouth? Just just sucking on that I'm a dragon damn boy. vape and... <laughs> it's just, he only speaks I've through smoke tra- now. I've eaten dragon eggs. Go ahead, tell Naturally. us. Naturally. Um... Here's my prediction. Ready? The report will come out. Wow. The report will say these illegal things were done. Mm-hmm. The left or liberals will say, here is proof of these illegal things. The right will say, this is a nothing burger. Nothing will be done. Mm. Wow. Well, I think you're probably onto something. Uh, it's it's almost like all of these. No matter what is in it, no matter what is in it, yeah. the liberals will say this is incredibly damning. We need to have charges. We need to have prosecution right now. They might even, who knows? The committee might even recommend charges. I mean, if we're if we, you know, should we be so lucky? And then yeah, the but right, it's going to be for the, like somebody who runs like a grocery store. Yeah, and the it right will, will be, be like for Trump. A nothing burger once again, endless and invest. It's just, it's gonna. It's almost it's, like it's just theater to to keep you under the impression that there is a great moral reckoning happening in in the ruling class while nothing really changes. Why we always got a front like there's a moral reckoning coming, well, no matter who I'm, you are. America it's like, likes to pretend that you know people are still accountable. It's an ancient Reaganite tradition, <laughs> and we all know that it's not true unless you're like in the top or in the bottom two tax brackets. <laughs> in which case, you there's interest on your <laughs> responsibility. Travis, I am sitting uh, beside a folding card table outside of a university. <laughs> there's a, a sign. There's a sign on the on the card table that says "Change my mind." Yeah. So here I am. I'm an empty slate. I'm ready. I'm ready to be filled with knowledge. I'm going to become a um, enjoy prison trader guy. I'm going to say that Trump yes. is going to die in prison just 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 for the fun. Now, uh, I will say that, uh, you know, it was uh, friends of the show, Jared Holt and Mike Rothschild. They announced that uh, they issued statements to the committee, which will be added to the congressional record. So I, th- I think they're at, at the very least getting good information from experts who know their shit. So, I mean, that's encouraging. Yeah, we have a we now have, I would say, probably a five percent more chance of justice because Jared and Mike are involved. So that's good. <laughs> that's 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 helping. Five percent. 
Just because they've started to add the voices of experts onto the list of things that are allowed to be expressed out loud and listened to, uh, I think this is a, a great big exercise in, hey, we hear you. We see you. You are important. <laughs> uh, yo, I mean, it's a step up, so I'll take it. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I want to talk about two things that came out of that uh, uh, committee. First of all, uh, they said that they want to ask about QAnon, um, and they also released text messages between uh, Virginia Thomas, better known as Ginny, who is the uh, wife of Justice Clarence Thomas, and uh, the White House chief of staff, uh, Mark Meadows. So to that first point, uh, the committee issued subpoenas to uh, former White House social media director Dan Scavino and also uh, advisor Peter Navarro. They both ignore those subpoenas because perhaps they believe, rightly or wrongly, that they can just pretend like this thing doesn't go on and they don't have to respect the process whatsoever. And so the committee referred Scavino and Navarro to the Department of Justice for criminal contempt charges. So maybe something will happen there. Maybe you can't just ignore the legal process entirely without facing some kind of consequences. We'll see. You know what? I am wrong. There are consequences, but only for Italians, apparently. <laughs> well. Oh, you got the Cuomos, yeah. huh? Oh, great. You got Scavino and Navarro, Listen, too, huh? Well, you know, they are all criminals. So uh, commit, <laughs> uh, the committee vice chair, Liz Cheney, said that uh, the committee wants to question Scavino about his interactions with QAnon and the pro-Trump forum, The Donald. The committee has many questions from Mr. Scavino about his political social media work for President Trump, including his interactions with an online forum called The Donald and with QAnon, a bizarre and dangerous cult. President Trump, working with Mr. Scavino, successfully spread distrust for our courts, which had repeatedly found no basis to overturn the election. And Trump's stolen election campaign succeeded in provoking the violence on January 6th. We're putting Pepe in jail. Yeah. Now, that, that whole bit about Scavino and QAnon, it caused my ears to perk up a bit because I've noted for years that uh, Scavino has posted dog whistles to the QAnon community, mostly on Twitter. And this has included a GIF that says TikTok. Uh, there was a meme that includes the QAnon phrase, nothing can stop what is coming. And there was also a music video that Scavino posted, which contains several QAnon references. That music video was for the song American Heart by the band, a very obscure band called American Maid, and was posted by Scavino while he was working in the White House in May of 2020. Oh my God. Okay, this is just proof that if you're if you're riding a big motorcycle and you install one of those like weird shields in the front of it, it makes it look like you're on a rascal scooter and really takes away from your troop of like middle-aged guys riding down a road in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, a bizarre a bizarre cult indeed. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um Travis, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is also a reference in this clip 
uh, to Obama being taken down. Q Absolutely. often talked about uh, President Obama's call sign being known as Renegade. Mm-hmm. And the one, the last line in the song is "Renegades down, God wins in the end." And so I can only interpret that as that God, God has finally taken down his ultimate opponent, Incredible. President Barack Obama. That's this, right. this is who God is against. I'm just looking forward to all the country-themed beheading videos. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a new genre. Oh boy! Well. Yeah, I'm just glad that like someone has recognized this, like someone with some degree of influence, because, you know, I remember for years, you know, I was going like, hey, the White House is posting QAnon shit. Like, this is not this is not just weirdos. The White House, could someone please? No, okay. But um, yeah, yeah, so so we'll see where that goes. I think that whatever the outcome of, you know, whether or not anybody actually, you know, has to face consequences for their actions, I am hopeful that uh, because their investigation is wading into the waters of QAnon, that we might get a little bit more clarity about why these people that were so close to Trump and were working in the White House at the time, you, you know, it fucking sucks. Because what am I going to be like? Oh, why were you interacting with this fucking thing? It's like, well, what are they going to say? They're not going to be like, well, it's because, you know, we believed in it and we wanted to uh, rile them up. The result of this <laughs> is just a portfolio. Uh, with uh, Hire Dan Scavino for your political campaign. He will literally make sure you have a cult of, <laughs> of, of insane devotees. He offers. <laughs> that as part of the package <laughs> cult as a service mm. so <laughs> C- cas cult yeah, as service it's like just just a guy standing in front of a powerpoint so yeah so what are we thinking uh for the the whole cult aspect of this campaign like what <laughs> what's going to be the name what is the secret esoteric knowledge right. that we're hiding how are we going to leak this stuff we, it's like that's true He'd be like, oh, listen, I get results. I get people who will literally uh, go to prison and die for you, falling over themselves. <laughs> what politician would turn that down? Exactly. This is what we call in the business uh, incredibly, uh, you know, we are disrupting the, <laughs> yeah. uh, we are disrupting the the status quo uh, when it comes to political revolutions. Um, sure. we, we got you, uh, Jake Angeli. That's right. It's true. <laughs> we got you, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I've got a bunch of incredible influencers lined up. They are ready. They are they are <laughs> on board with the campaign already. It's just a phone call away. I mean, we, right. we really, you know, let's 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 move forward. At least the next cult will be TikTok based, making that's sure right. that we do not cover it because I, that's where I draw the line. If if if, if the next QAnon is is a, a TikTok thing, I can't, boys. I can't. Mm. I can't look at the dancing. He's hanging up his hat. <laughs> hanging yeah. up his his Joshua Tree hat. <laughs> Why settle for political supporters when you could have worshipers? That's it. Mm. And again, that's a service. Mm. So uh, the 34-page recommendation for criminal charges doesn't reference QAnon at all, but it does summarize reporting um, about Dan Scavino's relationship with the pro-Trump forum, The Donald. And it's kind of interesting and funny because it basically indicts Scavino for being too much of an online pepe. <laughs> All right. Uh, a quote from that report reads, Public reporting also notes that Mr. Scavino and his social media team had a history of monitoring websites, including the Donald.win, an online forum frequented by individuals who openly advocated and planned violence in the weeks leading up to January 6th. Uh, by the way, I should say, for those who don't know, the Donald.win is just uh, R the Donald. 
uh, be, they got banned from Reddit. Mm-hmm. And instead of making an, a new site or you know migrating somewhere else, they just they literally made a copy of their Reddit site. They, that's all they wanted. They wanted the same Reddit site, but they gave it its own its own uh, you know IP address or whatever HTML address. I don't, I don't understand how internet stuff is. Mm. Um, in the summer of 2016, former President Trump himself engaged in a written question and answer session on a precursor to the Donald.win called R the Donald, which was a subreddit, a forum on the website reddit.com at the time. The online Reddit community, which had upward of 790,000 users, was banned by Reddit in mid-2020, after which it migrated to another online forum located at thedonald.win. There were no other forums there. It was just just a copy of the Donald on Mm -hmm. its own website. Mr. Scavino reportedly amplified content from this community, while his social media team also interacted with the site's users. During the 2016 presidential campaign, quote, a team in the war room at Trump Tower was monitoring social media trends, including R. The Donald subreddit, and privately communicating with the most active users to seed new trends. Trump campaign staffers monitored Twitter and R. The Donald subreddit and pushed any promising trends up to social media director Dan Scavino, who might give them a boost with a tweet. In 2017, former President Trump tweeted a video of himself attacking CNN. The video had appeared on R. The Donald four days earlier. In 2019, Politico reported that Mr. Scavino regularly monitors Reddit with a particular focus on the pro-Trump R. The Donald channel. It would be amazing if, like, for the first time a Republican was brought to justice and it's just because he was the first, like, poster president with, like, (laughs) a posting uh, court. On December 19th, 2020, the same day Mr. Trump tweeted, quote, Big protest in D.C. on January 6th. Be there. We'll be wild. Users on posts on the Donald.win began sharing, quote, specific techniques, tactics, and procedures for the assault on the Capitol. The ensuing weeks of communications on the site included information on how to use a flagpole as a weapon, how to smuggle firearms into D.C., measurements for a guillotine, and maps of the tunnel systems under the Capitol building. On January 5th, 2021, a user on the Donald.win encouraged Mr. Trump's supporters to, quote, be prepared to secure the Capitol building, claiming that, quote, there will be plenty of ex-military to guide you. Well, that certainly sounds suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Scavino, is it true you refer to yourself as a based centipede? <laughs> <laughs> the other big news is that the January 6th committee uh, acquired text messages between Ginny Thomas and uh, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Uh, The Washington Post and CBS News obtained copies of these text messages. They reveal, firstly, that Ginny Thomas is extremely pilled. And secondly, they reveal that Ginny Thomas encouraged Mark Meadows to pursue efforts to overturn the election. Now, before we get into the messages themselves, I thought it'd be helpful to talk a little bit about Clarence Thomas and Ginny Thomas's history of activism. Mrs. Thomas, we have caught you with a stash (laughs) <laughs> of dank memes. You know the possession of memes is uh, over five is no longer for personal use. It's considered dealing. So Justice Claire Thomas was nominated by President H.W. Bush and has been serving since 1991. That makes him the longest serving current member of the court. And he's often described as the most conservative currently serving justice. His confirmation hearings were notable for being very intense and bitter. He was accused of sexually harassing his one-time subordinate, Anita Hill, 
a claim which he has always denied. She said that he made several unwelcome advances and talked about his sexual prowess. Clarence Thomas claimed that he was the target of a smear campaign because he is a black conservative. He said it was a, quote, high-tech lynching for uppity blacks who in any way deign to think for themselves, to do for themselves, to have different ideas. Holy fuck, buddy. Mm. Like, relax, buddy. You're just a pass-through for, you know, like, he, he literally, I think he spent 10 years without asking a single question. Yes, yes, that he <laughs> It's <did>. like, <laughs> dude, we know you're just a rubber stamp, man. Like, you don't need to yeah. just... <laughs> so, Ginny Thomas evidently was burned by these allegations for decades. On October 9th, 2010, Ginny Thomas left a voicemail for Anita Hill saying that Hill should apologize to Justice Thomas. Hill responded that there was nothing to apologize for and that her 1991 testimony about her interactions with Clarence Thomas were truthful. Justice Thomas has described his judicial philosophy as one of natural law in which liberty and equality are endowed by God. And like you mentioned, he famously, he did not ask a single question during oral arguments for 10 years from 2006 (laughs) to 2016. He just sat... And he listened and he voted. That was, and he, I guess he wrote a bit, but uh, he didn't really interact with the lawyers at all. Um, <laughs> in a 2013 interview at Harvard Law School, he said that he believed asking questions was unnecessary since he instead wants to listen to lawyers who are arguing their cases. Though uh, he mm-hmm. apparently asked questions more frequently during the pandemic and justices were required to teleconference. <laughs> Does, so he uh, could talk he over Zoom. painted eyes on his eyelids <laughs> for that. <laughs> I think there are two things notable about Virginia Thomas in the context of the text messages we're going to talk about today. Uh, Firstly, she is a longtime conservative activist. And secondly, uh, she was very nearly taken in by an organization called LifeSpring, which is often characterized as a cult. Now, LifeSpring offered training sessions in conference rooms of hotels. And these sessions, they cost hundreds of dollars, and they promised uh, people who participated major life breakthroughs. The training sessions consisted of putting the participants under extreme psychological stress. A 1987 Washington Post article describes some of these LifeSpring sessions. There are dyads in which participants sit across from a partner, stare into each other's eyes, and speak. Each trainee tells of being a victim in a fight, in business, in a relationship. Next, you retell the story as if what happened was your own fault. This is taking responsibility. There is sharing, LifeSpring's version of confession, in which trainees are urged to come forward, take the microphone, and reveal whatever you are experiencing, which turns out to be all manner of memories of harsh parents, betrayed lovers, lies, rapes, lives of self-hate. There are guided fantasies in which the lights are turned down, trainees sit on the floor, and Jim tells a story over a sentimental pop song, asking everyone to conjure up troubling childhood memories. Jim is the name of the leader of this, this basically cult. So Ginny Thomas reportedly removed herself from LifeSpring with the help of a, a Pennsylvania cult deprogrammer named Kevin Garvey. This is from that same Washington Post article. Virginia Thomas, a lobbyist for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, took LifeSpring a couple of years ago when she was a congressional aide. She was confused and troubled by exercises such as one in which trainees listened to the song The Stripper while disrobing to skimpy bikinis and bathing suits. The group then stood in a U-shaped line, made fun of fat people's bodies, and riddled one another with sexual questions. After talks with Garvey, Thomas decided she had been taken in. It took her months to break fully from LifeSpring's high-pressure tactics. Quote, 
I had intellectually and emotionally gotten myself so wrapped up with this group that I was moving away from my family and friends and the people I work with. My best friend came to visit me and I was preaching at her using that tough attitude they teach you. Thomas felt guilty about breaking her life spring commitments. She hid out in another part of the country to avoid constant phone calls from fellow trainees who were taught that it was their responsibility to make Thomas keep her commitment to LifeSpring. It's weird. It sounds like um, like sorority or like fraternity hazing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically it. It's really weird. So this this organization, apparently it went defunct in the, the 90s, but it was popular for a while, especially in the D.C. area. And it sounds like it just like put people through these bizarre, uh, intimate, sometimes humiliating or frustrating, distressing situations. And then they came out and they felt, you know, I guess more uh, awakened or, you know, more able to fulfill their potential. Yeah. Hurting each other to feel alive. It's good. Also, weird coincidence, Kevin Garvey is the name of the main character in the television series The Leftovers. That really does make you think. (laughs) Made me think. So many coincidences. It's a very specific name. As soon as Travis said it, I was like, where do I know that name? Put it into Google while you were talking. Sure enough, picture of Justin Theroux came up. I was like, whoa. Well, you seem tuckered after this uh, process. So (laughs) (laughs) why don't you have a little nap? Virginia Thomas later became a critic of controversial religious groups, speaking on panels and organizing anti-cult workshops for congressional staffers in 1986 and 1988. I mean, there's a few interesting things about that. Now, first of all, it's obviously if you are taken in by a cult, you realize you've been had and you extract yourself and you help other people. This is a good, wonderful thing. Um, Mm -hmm. It should be encouraged. It it shows a lot of strength, a lot of willpower, Um, but also, you know, just that you ought to be cautious because you might be taken by a cult again. You know, it's like being a um, you know recovering addict. Ginny Thomas has also been a uh, conservative activist for many decades. After Ginny Thomas graduated from Creighton University School of Law, she worked for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and then she uh, worked for the U.S. Department of Labor and as an aide for Republican Congressman Dick Armey, who definitely has one of the best names in the history of Congress. Join the Dick Armey. Dick Army. Dick Army. Gotta be kidding me. That's cool. In 2000, she joined the conservative think tank, the Heritage Foundation. And there she was a liaison between that organization and the George W. Bush administration. In 2009, Thomas founded Liberty Central, a conservative political advocacy nonprofit organization associated with the Tea Party movement. Ginny Thomas is also a member of the shadowy political lobbying group, the Council for National Policy, or the CNP. By 2019, she had joined the nine-member board of the CNP Action, which is an arm of the council organized as a nonprofit under a provision of the tax code that allows for direct political advocacy. So, you know, she is very much on the, on the cutting edge of conservative activism. She's like, she's not just a donor, you know, she's like all the part of these groups and she's like does talks and, um, you know, it creates uh, controversy as you can imagine. You know, so, I mean, she seems like a Laura Loomer quality person. Yeah. I mean, apparently this is unusual. Like, um, Supreme court justice spouses are usually apolitical. Um, people have argued in the past that there isn't a conflict between her activism and Clarence Thomas's role as a nominally impartial justice, though uh, her activism has caused controversy for Clarence Thomas on a couple of occasions. 
In uh, 2011, 74 House Democrats wrote that Justice Thomas should recuse himself on cases regarding the Affordable Care Act due to, quote, the appearance of a conflict of interest based on his wife's work. Liberals don't want you listening to your wife. It's just pure misogyny out there. (laughs) Also in uh, 2011, uh, the liberal advocacy group Common Cause reported that between 2003 and 2007, Clarence Thomas failed to disclose over uh, $600,000 in income his wife earned from the Heritage Foundation, instead reporting none where the, uh, the field spousal non-investment income would re- be reported on his Supreme Court financial disclosure. The week after this came out, Justice Thomas said that the disclosure of his wife's income had been inadvertently omitted due to a misunderstanding of the filing instructions, and then he wound up amending the reports going back to 1989. So again, decades apparently of failing to uh, report the proper income. Uh, Your Honor, she's a genie in a bottle. (laughs) But, you know, the fact that she was like texting the White House chief of staff about the election and its efforts to overturn it, it adds a whole new dimension. Uh, Some legal experts have argued that requires Clarence Thomas to recuse himself from January 6th cases. In fact, these texts reveal that while Ginny Thomas was actively strategizing with the White House chief of staff on overturning the election results, Justice Thomas repeatedly participated in cases that came to the court directly or indirectly involving those election results. And this time he was asking a lot of questions. (laughs) Yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you picking on me? Why is life so unfair? One of these cases was the court's decision in January requiring that Trump's White House records be turned over to the House committee investigating January 6th. Um, Only one justice disagreed that these records should be turned over. And guess who it was? Guess. I'm going to guess it was um, Clarence Thomas. That's right. You got it, Jake. <laughs> it was Clarence Thomas. He was the only one who said, maybe, maybe the House doesn't need those records. Now, I'm not a legal expert, but like involving yourself as a judge in a case that involves the subpoena of your own wife's text, like strikes me as cartoonishly corrupt. Not correct. Not Correct. okay. All right, whatever. I, who cares? Doesn't matter. Or any case, you know. No, don't give up yet. Travis. Yeah, don't <laughs> give up. I mean, you're, I, you're actually you give up, you're filling just, me with right. some kind of hope. I guess. All right, let's you just just you just want to leave this podcast to two cynical jokers. <laughs> so let's go ahead and take a look at some of these text messages. Um, the first yes. of the 29 messages between Ginny Thomas and Mark Meadows was sent on November 5th, two days after the election. She sent him a link to a YouTube video labeled Trump Sting with CIA Director Steve Pachenik, the biggest election story in history, QFS blockchain. Oh, my God. Oh, and this is like the quantum financial shit, right? Yeah, it is. Pachenik is like a longtime kook uh, who's been on InfoWars a lot. He comes up on the Knowledge Fight podcast a lot as well. And he is like one of the more hilariously bad uh pundits just he just ridiculous is. on face value he's yeah he's ludicrous yeah in fact uh, our friends over at knowledge fight they have an entire episode dedicated to steve pachenik is entitled all about steve episode 340 if you want to dive more into that now, <laughs> was he really the cia director no not he doesn't even claim to be the cia director so i think that but the thing is that he was involved in the state department so i i want to talk a little about this lunatic so um he has i mean 
if you listen to the episode, it is kind of like difficult to disentangle his real life story from his, uh, his self-mythologizing. But um, he reportedly received an MD from Cornell and attained a PhD in international relations from MIT while studying at Harvard Medical School. So mm-hmm. just big brains all around. So yeah, Steve Pachenik. Um, so he, he wasn't a CIA director, but uh, he was in the State Department. Um, he was, in fact, the Deputy Assistant Secretary of State. There in the State Department, he was a specialist on hostage-taking and negotiations. He is credited with devising strategies that were used in high-profile hostage negotiations, such as the uh, 1976 TWA flight hostage situation. Mm-hmm. However, it sounds like he didn't always get along with his colleagues, and um, in 1979, he resigned from his position. Yeah. I wonder if because these guys' jobs feel like an action movie sometimes, you know, like you're a hostage negotiator, you're in these scenes that kind of feel like something out of Die Hard. You're more prone to sort of accept like a, a blockbuster movie plot uh, as, as reality because you've actually lived in situations that feel like a movie. Yeah, like definitely every single time Steve Pashenik was doing that stuff, he got everybody shot. So <laughs> I'm thinking it might just be the, the, the brain scramble from that. <laughs> Now, it's funny you mentioned that, Jake, because Pachenik actually would go on to have a career in fiction. He co-created the series Tom Clancy's Op Center and Tom Clancy's Netforce. Now, neither he nor Tom Clancy, who happened to be his friend, wrote the books in these series, but he did assemble a team to write and package the book. So it's more of like a business venture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing an Andy Warhol for uh, bad Cold War spy wow. stuff. Mm-hmm. As that Knowledge Fight episode about him explains, Steve Pachenik, in his capacity as an InfoWars guest, may be responsible for pushing Alex Jones towards his most destructive ideas. This includes supporting Donald Trump for president and claiming that the 2012 massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary was a false flag operation to push gun control. That letter action, as you uh, may have read in the news recently, led to Jones being found liable for damages in defamation lawsuits that are brought by Sandy Hook parents. And as of this recording, we're just waiting to hear how much Alex Jones will be forced to pay. So that'll be interesting. Hopefully it's enough to upend his empire. I don't know. But again, try not to have too much hope for bad people actually facing justice. Yeah, it's way too karmically appropriate that a wild conspiracy theory that probably one of the most harmful he's ever pushed is the thing that bankrupts him for good and destroys his his empire. Most relevantly for this podcast, Steve Pachenik promoted a kind of proto-QAnon narrative. He said that Hillary Clinton and the Obama administration were taking part in a coup and that he was part of a group of intelligence officials who were taking part in a counter-coup that resulted in many Obama administration officials going to jail. And he said this in 2016, which was like more than a year before QAnon came on the scene. So... Here's a video from 2016 in which Pachenik makes these ludicrous claims. In order to stop this coup, we in the intelligence community and others involved have informally gotten together and with their permission, I am beginning to announce that we've initiated a counter coup through Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. What has happened in effect when uh, Comey had to open up the case of Hillary Clinton and discuss the emails that were involved with the Anthony Weiner case 
it was not the case itself that was as important as the fact that this was the entree for many of us in the counter coup to say to the administration, we have your number. Not only do we have your number, we're going to stop you from making Hillary the president of the United States. And at the same time, we will convict and indict the president of the United States, Loretta Lynch, and many others who were involved in the cover-up of the massive corruption that occurred under the Clinton Foundation. Now, in both cases, their coup was silent, and our counter-coup was silent, and it was all transgressed or occurred on the Internet. And this is probably the first time in the history of any country where a coup was initiated on through the Internet and a counter-coup was initiated through the Internet. Oh, my God, dude. This guy is like, he makes the Expendables look young and full of life. Um, what a melted old log. Yeah, and I mean, his coup didn't really do all that well. Obama, far as I know, making Netflix deals, running we're, free. We're Hit- doing coups and counter-coups, but right now, it's online. It's a digital, digital soldiers. Hillary Clinton? Starring in her local town's production of Into the Woods. You know, um... <laughs> That's fa- a coup. As far as... That, that is a coup of the theater. <laughs> but, yeah, so none, none of this happened. And, and Travis, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a lengthy investigation into the Clinton Foundation. <laughs> I believe that, that they found nothing. Yeah, nothing that, that interesting. Nothing in, enough to uh, prosecute, I guess. So... Now let's return to that video that uh, Ginny Thomas sent Mark Meadows a few days after the election. That clip is an interview between InfoWars host Owen Schroyer and Steve Pachenik. The video's title references QFS, and like you mentioned, in conspiracy circles, this is usually referring to the quantum financial system. So this is a like a Nasara-like conspiracy theory, which claims that all currencies will be revalued to have the same exchange rate and taxes and debt will be wiped away. And people who hold um, sort of like worthless currencies like the Iraqi dinar will be incredibly wealthy. Obviously nonsense. In the video, Pachenik used the term QFS to describe a sting operation initiated by Trump in which every ballot was watermarked with a QFS blockchain encryption code. Let me just say again what I said in 2016. There are honorable members of our intelligence, military, and civilian community in the government who understood exactly how corrupt Biden and the Democratic machinery is, was, and will be. This is really a sting operation. Contrary to what everybody else said, Trump knew this was happening. Eric knew this was happening and warned the public. I knew this was happening. However, I could not say anything about it. What happened was we marked, watermarked every ballot with what's called the QFS blockchain encryption code. In other words, we know pretty well where every ballot is, where it went, and who has it. So this is not a stolen election. On the contrary, we reversed the entire game of war along the lines of Sun Tzu, the art of war. And Trump was brilliant and still is brilliant at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This guy looks like a con man preying on people in the villages. Like, he is just 
melted in his Hawaiian shirt, over tanned, and just sitting yeah, in from, this bizarre living room. Yeah, from his like gated community, like cookie cutter house. Like <laughs> so, it, there's like a weird sort of like flag painting behind him, like yeah. eagle on I, a I river. Dub, I dub this man American exceptionalism. <laughs> So in this video, again, which is a video that the spouse of a Supreme Court justice shared, Pachenik goes on to claim that National Guard troops have been deployed to multiple cities, presumably to contain the unrest that will happen as a consequence of overturning the election. But I can say now, with the permission of people in the intelligence community and elsewhere, that we have sent out thousands and thousands of National Guards to 12 different states, Washington, Delaware, Texas, Arizona, Alabama, and everywhere. So now you have to consider and rethink what this is really about. The genius of Trump is that he is able to pull back at any point and manipulate the opponent without the opponent ever realizing. He has said repeatedly, hashtag steal the vote. That's exactly what he has said for months. Then he made a very clear implication. He said, I will use common sense or my intelligence, i.e. both literal and figurative intelligence. And those of us in the intelligence community, be it who they are, again, what I said in 2016, when we exposed Hillary Clinton, we now exposed, and it was Trump who initiated this, Biden family, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Jim Biden, Frank, the whole family was played right into a game where they were convicted and you're seeing what's happening now. I mean, how embarrassing for this guy and others in his circle that they are the smartest, you know, they are the smartest, uh, you know, intelligence agencies. They've had this whole thing planned out. They had the QFS ballots marked. And they're still just getting outsmarted again and again by the Democrats. I mean, mm-hmm. we're here. We're well into a more than a year of a Joe Biden presidency. <laughs> all of all of Trump's, you know, legal challenges to the 2020 election have been overturned. I mean, this is embarrassing for somebody like Steve. I mean, well, this, it's, this... it's proof that Nancy Pelosi ran a very effective counter counter coup. But their whole, their, none of this makes sense. Their, their whole ideology is predicated on the fact that, like, the stupid Dems, like, don't know the trap that we're setting for them. And it's like, and then it's like, gotcha. Biden's got his, he's going to have to gnaw off his own leg a year and a half into his presidency that he won. All of this because these guys are basically just stuck in the mode of, like, the villain telling the, the hero at the end of the movie <laughs> yeah. when he thinks he has him at the end of the gun. Like, yeah. and he, so he, he has to keep doing that scene over and over and over. So it's always like, they're about to fall into the trap. Oh, how could they have known or whatever? And Except that you see his shirts change, his face get more and more ancient, and nothing ever comes true. It's amazing. It's yeah. like QAnon, yeah. Yeah, it's the Riddler. It is proto-QAnon. It's the Riddler already in Arkham. <laughs> <laughs> Like the Riddler is telling his like telling. his like his nurse his nurse like oh you sweetie you have no idea how crazy the riddles that riddle me this and it's like yes no we'll we'll get you some more morphine. In the clip, uh, Steve Pachanik goes on to claim again, much in the style of QAnon, that arrests are imminent and would continue for a long time. But Steve, following your logic here, I mean, are arrests inevitably coming down the road? Yeah. 
They're coming not just down the road. They're being implemented. What you saw Corey Wendowski and Pam Biondi saying when they were in Clay County and as well in Philadelphia, that was not just a threat. That was exactly what's going to happen. People will be arrested as of tonight, tomorrow, and it will go on for quite a while. And this was a total sting operation that I can say. I am happy that for all of the shitty things he's said and done, uh, Owen Troyer is, lives in this personal hell where he's forced to listen to this guy. That's like, <laughs> yeah. that's your job, buddy. Sit down. Squint all you want, bitch. Yeah. Let Steve make his point. He's like, and so you you do believe that arrests are coming? And you don't just get a yes, Owen. You get a, yeah, arrest today, arrest tomorrow, <laughs> arrest on Thursday, arrest on Friday, yeah. bigger arrests next Monday. Literally just describing the <laughs> opening hours of his local buffet. <laughs> now, everything about this video that Ginny Thomas shared is clearly absurd. But this is what Thomas wrote to Mark Meadows about it. I hope this is true. Never heard anything like this before or even a hint of it possible. Watermarked ballots in over 12 states have been part of a huge Trump and military white hat sting operation in 12 key battleground states. It's like, besides being married to a Supreme Court justice and having um, a law degree herself, she has been involved in high-level political activism for decades, but yeah. she still sees this 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 video from Infowars about like imminent arrests and like watermark ballots. It's like, hey, baby, like I don't. I mean, it's it's absurd for like anyone to believe it, but like someone in her position is is really baffling. I think you know that generation. You know, they're, uh -oh. they, they come from a time when if it was on TV and somebody in a suit was looking at the screen and saying it, then it, it was true. Yeah, but that's an, an actual newscaster, not some fucking retiree from I don't, Miami Dade Airport. He's wearing like a floral Aloha shirt right now. You, surely they can parse that this guy looks like a fucking crackpot. Come on, this doesn't look like all the broadcasts of yore. Exactly. I'm. I'm just. Ugh. I'm. I'm suggesting maybe they don't know the difference. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's it's somebody. It's somebody on a screen. It's talking to them. It's giving information. Okay. Well, if they, they don't if have they, that skill to wow. go like, ah, oh, this is the internet. Anybody can upload anything. They so don't your, have your, your argument is basically, well, Jeannie Thomas doesn't have fucking. She doesn't have object permanence. <laughs> we can't fucking blame her for not having object permanence. We can blame. We can blame. I'm just saying, you know, look, I am trying to wrap my head around how somebody like Travis was saying, who has a law degree, who has uh, been involved in politics, you know, her entire life, who is married to a Supreme Court justice, watches this bump on a log in a Hawaiian yeah, but shirt. What, talk about you just read that like I'm supposed to be impressed. Instead, that's a fucking rap sheet. <laughs> Th those things you're fucking reading off explain why she is the way she is. Mm. That's good, good, good what for kind you. Of demented Thank fuck you. is married to one of these Supreme Court justices. They're all horrible. That, I, oh, that's... she married Scalia or whatever. Oh, she went to like the demon Harvard school. Like, this is all terrible stuff. She should be in jail for just her resume. <laughs> <laughs> Read her CV and put her right in jail. <laughs> Now, uh, I, I was really uh, also really drawn to the term white hats that she used in that because yes. that is an yeah. extremely pilled term common mm -hmm. in yes. QAnon. Yes. Um, uh, the false claim that there were watermarked ballots also popular in QAnon. 
But she also said, uh, interesting, this like, well, I never heard this or even a hint of it. So it sounds like maybe she's like, you know, she's not on the boards. It doesn't sound like she's like into the Q drops or anything like that. But like some QAnon-like ideas are filtering down to her at the very least. Yeah, and it's like, you know, like her pilled like bridge club is like, well, wouldn't you know? I mean, couldn't you ask somebody? And she's like, well, I've got Mark Meadows's phone number. <laughs> Possible with three question marks? Yeah, like, she's, she's great. So that message from Ginny Thomas to Mark Meadows uh, went on to say this. Mark Meadows just answers, what are you wearing? <laughs> W-I-D. Biden crime family and ballot fraud co-conspirators, elected officials, bureaucrats, social media censorship mongers, fake stream media reporters, etc. are being arrested and detained for ballot fraud right now and over coming days and will be living in barges off of Gitmo. (laughs) Living in barges. (laughs) Living in barges. Living in <laughs> What is going on? Travis, what, what are you doing? Stupid, Why have you done what this? What a stupid episode. What a dumb podcast. This is so dumb. I want what us are to we be doing? put to death. Why have we done this? I demand we be hung and get my <laughs> I want to live on I the barge. I'm moving to the fucking barge. Put We're, me on guys, a barge. Guys, guys I've got to Anchored outside a get mo. Please, take me to the river. Put me on the barges. <laughs> You guys, you need to pace yourself. We are on text message number one right now. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I will be tendering my resignation uh, by text 15. Not worth it. Not worth it. Uh, Living in barges off Gitmo (laughs) to face military tribunals for sedition. Again, I mean, I understand she went to law school a long time ago, but like any (laughs) time during that sort of education did nothing about like, you know, how military tribunals work or what sedition as a crime. You ever study that? Like, again, she has the understanding of law of a super pilled uh, Pepe, you know, and um, but she's she's married to Supreme Court justice. Um, Yeah. Not even she like Pepe's would make fun of her. She's like the classic QAnon boomer that they were like, no, nah, you guys got to get off the poll boards. Right. You're going to go to your own board because this is just too stupid and melted. The next day on November 6th, Thomas sent a follow up message to Meadows. Do not concede. It takes time for the army who is gathering for his back. Okay. Yes. She can't even write. Uh, yeah, in, it's any... like it, incomprehensible. Yeah. yeah. Is incomprehensible. Just, is she just like on the pain pills? Like what? Yeah, yeah. I don't this know. This is this is this is a snowman in July. Every one of her <laughs> every one of her texts, like you can hear the static of the TV that's on, but there's it's not on any channel. No, you know what you could hear every amongst every text you hear the dial up sound like <laughs> Thank you for doing the whole thing. You're welcome. You're welcome. This is the funniest part, this thing that you wrote next, Travis. Mm. (laughs) It is not known if Mark Meadows responded to these messages. So (laughs) it wasn't apparently included in the uh, messages that uh, January 6th commission received. He's like, oh, shit. Fucking Ginny's texting me again. What (laughs) the hell is she doing? It's weird. I don't want. It feels weird to. Supreme Court Justice's wife is texting. I don't know. It's weird. I think it's because Clarence Thomas contacted him. Stop fucking messaging my wife. 
On November 10th, after news organizations projected Joe Biden to be the winner, Thomas wrote this to Meadows. Help this great president stand firm, Mark. You are the leader with him who is standing for America's constitutional governance at the precipice. The majority knows Biden and the left is attempting the greatest heist of our history. Wow. One minute later, Meadows responded with this. I will stand firm. We will fight until there is no fight left. Our country is too precious to give up on. Thanks for all you do. Nine minutes after that, Thomas replied with this. Tearing up and praying for you guys. So proud to know you. Later that night, Ginny Thomas messaged Meadows in reaction to a CNN segment featuring political commentator Van Jones. Van Jones spins interestingly, but shows us the balls being juggled too. It's like, what the fuck is so weird and cryptic? What are you talking about? Van Jones is juggling his balls again on television. Ginny Thomas then expressed her frustration with congressional Republicans, noting that the only GOP legislators joining protests were Louis Gohmert, Jim Jordan, Paul Gosar, and Chip Roy. She wrote this. House and Senate guys are pathetic, too. Only four GOP House members seen out in the street rallies with grassroots. Gohmert, Jordan, Gosar, and Roy. Where the heck are all those who benefited by President's coattails? Damn, dude. Just just that that love that these people developed uh, for Trump, for fucking yeah. Trump. They're just like, this guy is fucking exceptional. Imagine thinking that when Trump got elected and held office for four years, that that was the best. That was it. That was America at the top. I mean... <laughs> Oh my God, man. You know what it is? This country has been shitting its pants in public for so long that we're like, actually, we like this. Yeah. I mean, Trump really was the only president who, you know, that liberals hated Mm. and made them most upset. That's right. The most effective. Yeah. That's it. I think that's it. The liberals in my bridge club are pissed. I think that's it. I think that's, it's as simple as that. The people I find annoying and smug, this guy upsets them the most. Therefore, I am in the best. I am living the best life that I have ever lived. Yeah. Also, someone just needs to just take these people's phones away. Just stop. Yeah, I know. You're not just, allowed to use smartphones anymore. I'm sorry we invented texting. I'm yeah, sorry. Just go give back them to what pagers. We, just give them like what my nephew has. It's a plastic toy. It's got buttons on it. Give him a hoop. It give makes, him a hoop and a stick, sound. dude. Yeah, it makes sense. Give them, you know what? Give them some devil sticks. They give should them be yo-yos. out there climbing trees, living their lives. <laughs> Instead, they're on their phones. Ginny Thomas, in text message, then told Mark Meadows to watch a YouTube video about the power of never conceding. Here's a motivational video for you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh. On November 13th, she texted Meadows about her outreach to Jared, which probably referenced to Jared Kushner, who is Trump's son-in-law and a senior White House advisor. She wrote this. Just forwarded to your Gmail, your spelled Y-R. Just forwarded to your Gmail an email I sent Jared this a.m. Sidney Powell, an improved coordination will now help the cavalry come and fraud exposed and America saved. Yes, yeah. Just 
incapable of stringing a sentence together. And now she's referencing Sidney Powell. And also, this is she sent this to Subway, Jared? Is that right? I'm getting the information <laughs> no, now. No, not that, Jared. <laughs> so around this time, uh, Sidney Powell, she was raising her profile by making absurd claims about voting machines, switching millions of ballots to Biden, and a global communist conspiracy interfering with the election. But Powell was contentious, even within Trump world and conservative media. Her views were considered so extreme and unsupported uh, that David Bossy, who was a longtime Trump supporter, told others that she was peddling concocted BS. Tucker Carlson would go on to denounce Sidney Powell on Fox News. But in a message by Ginny Thomas to Mark Meadows on November 13th, she wrote this. Don't let her and your assets be marginalized instead. Help her be the lead and the face. She wanted more Sidney Powell. She couldn't get enough of this lunatic that even people in Trump world were really wary of. Help her get animal prints back in fashion. (laughs) On the following day, November 14th, Thomas sent Meadows material that she said was from Connie Hare, who is the chief of staff to Louis Gohmert. It's not clear if she was passing on the message from Hare or sharing Hare's perspective as guidance for Meadows, but the text message seems to quote Hare's belief that The most important thing you can realize right now is that there are no rules in war. This war is psychological. Psyop. Ooh. On November 19th, Thomas wrote to Meadows and referenced the uh, Justice Thomas's 1991 confirmation hearings, which apparently she is still bitter about. The intense pressures you and our president are now experiencing are more intense than anything experienced, capitalized, but I only felt a fraction of it in 1991. On November 19th, Ginny Thomas reacted to a press conference that Sidney Powell gave at the Republican National Committee. In the text of Meadows, Thomas continued to bolster Powell's standing and referenced the Kraken, of course, which was Sidney Powell's name for the lawsuits that she filed in her doomed attempt to overturn the election. Here's what Thomas said. Mark, don't want to wake you. Which implies that she's either texting him very late or or very early. 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 Mm -hmm. I'm guessing late. Mark, don't want to wake you. Sounds like Sidney and her team are getting inundated with evidence of fraud. Make a plan. Release the Kraken and save us from the left taking America down. Mm. I think we should forget. Forget. I mean, this is like maybe the one of the only useful things that will probably come out is just getting to read the text messages of the most powerful. And I imagine like almost all of them read like this. Everybody who has any position of power in the country should have to release all their texts so we can check if they're all Jeannie Thomases. <laughs> I <laughs> swear to cool. God, we'd find out that. they're all they're all like this. WikiLeaks, please help us. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> in that same exchange, Thomas uh, at one point offered Meadows advice on managing the West Wing staff. Suggestion. You need to buck up your team on the inside, Mark. The lower level insiders are scared, fearful, or sending out signals of hopelessness versus an awareness of the existential threat to America right now. You can buck them up, strengthen their spirits. <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck? She's amazing. She is wow. a hero. Like, she's a beautiful mind. 
It is amazing because like basically, I mean, there are there were like millions, probably, you know, tens of millions of people in the country who are going through her same exact journey of like, you know, hanging on every word of Sidney Powell and like waiting for the fraud to be exposed and waiting for the National Guard to be deployed. But most people who go through that experience were totally powerless and just like watching Fox News and like, you know, watching InfoWars or being on the boards or whatever and watching this all unfold. She, again, is connected to the highest rings of power. Yes, yes. And and if she is bombarding uh, Mark Meadows with these texts, imagine what Clarence <laughs> Thomas is getting at home. I, <laughs> right. I mean, ju- right. imagine what he's getting. Mark. Mm-hmm. Mark, when will Q make another drop? I'm thirsty, Mark. I need it. Honey, are you going to finish your potatoes? And also, what do you know about Q and I? You must know who it is, <laughs> right? I'm sure she's somebody asked him. knows. Somebody knows I'm who sure. it is. What do you know about Q and on? It's pretty popular <laughs> in the Bridge Club. <laughs> For sure, she's asked him that, which is very funny. Can't you talk to some, one of your connections in the intelligence agencies and <laughs> just let me know which which member of Trump's cabinet it was? In the text messages, Ginny Thomas then referenced Monica Crowley, who is a conservative commentator who once claimed that Barack Obama is a secret Muslim. Crowley also at one point worked with um, Nixon. Crowley also served as a top official in Trump's Treasury Department. Ginny Thomas wrote this. Monica Crowley may have a sense of this from her Nixon days. You guys fold, the evil just moves fast down underneath you all. Lots of intensifying threats coming to Justice Amy Coney Barrett and others. Yeah, I mean, another kind of interesting uh, peek into how, I guess, the high-level conservative activist community feels about Nixon, where it was just a horrifying injustice that he was uh, shamed, I guess, into resigning. And apparently this was uh, the fact that Nixon folded was apparently one of the um, sparks that helped um, create Fox News, as uh, you've talked about before, Julian. Mm-hmm. Later on November 19th, Meadows replied to Thomas's long text message by saying this. Thanks so much. This is a situation, we've all been here, you get paragraphs and paragraphs Mm -hmm. and paragraphs of text, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, he's like, oh man, fucking Ginny Thomas, she's on the sauce again, she's been sending me paragraphs, (laughs) like, uh, I don't know what to do, you know, Clarence asked me, he's like, you know, my wife's been texting you, she said you haven't responded at all, like, what's going on with that, (laughs) ah, shit, like, ah, fuck. The Thomas is looking at Meadows, hey, we noticed you from across the room. He's we like, think you're dressed really cool. He's like, bitch, I'm also trying to do a coup, just smarter in my way. <laughs> you know, he's like, Slam poetry doesn't have a place in my, you know, actual yeah, he, logistics. He's like, oh, so amateur. He's like, I'm doing it. I'm, we're doing it for real. But uh, yeah, I guess thanks for yeah, thanks for the support. By November 22nd, uh, Trump team they had enough of Sidney Powell. And so Trump gave his blessing for Giuliani and uh, another Trump lawyer, Jenna Ellis, to issue a statement claiming that Powell, quote, is not a member of the Trump legal team. Hmm. Now, Ginny Thomas didn't like this very much. So she reached out to Meadows that day with concern, writing this. Trying to understand the Sidney Powell distancing. Probably the most honest text she's had. Meadows texted this in response. She doesn't have anything, or at least she won't share it if she does. Thomas replied, wow, Meadows did not respond. 
<laughs> on November 24th, Thomas engaged Meadows again by sharing a video from the uh, social media site Parler. The video referred to conservative commentator Glenn Beck. If you all cave to the elites, you have to know that many of your 73 million feel like what Glenn is expressing. So this this one kind of blew my mind, too, because who the fuck are the elites in your mind? You are you are <laughs> texting the White House chief of staff. You're married to a Supreme Court justice. You are you work for the most powerful and influential conservative think tanks in the country. This world, this country that we live in is in part a product of your vision and your efforts. You shape the reality that the rest of us have to live in, but you're whining about the elites. Who are the elites? <laughs> Jenny Thomas, in that text message, said that Trump risked his supporters growing disenchanted to the point of walking away from politics. She wrote this. Me included. I think I am done with politics, and I don't think I am alone, Mark. This is, of course, untrue. Politics is her hobby, you know? This is what she does for fun. I, I don't think she actually threatened to walk away from it. Meadows replied with this three minutes later. I don't know what you mean by caving to the elites. Thomas responded with this. I can't see Americans swallowing the obvious fraud. Just going with one more thing with no frickin' consequences. The whole coup and now this? We just cave to people wanting Biden to be anointed? Many of us can't continue the GOP charade. After continued back and forth, Meadows wrote this back. You're preaching to the choir. Very demoralizing. Now, interestingly, also on November 24th, uh, Mark Meadows invoked God to describe the effort to overturn the election. So it sounds like he was at least kind of on board. This is a fight of good versus evil. Evil always looks like the victor until the king of kings triumphs. Do not grow weary in well-doing. The fight continues. I have staked my career on it. Well, at least my time in D.C. on it. Thomas replied with this. Thank you. Needed that. This, plus a conversation with my best friend just now, I will try to keep holding on. America is worth it. No, please, please, Jeannie, stop holding on. <laughs> stop it. Let go. The, all these people need to unclasp their hands. Instead, they're doubling down. It's like this text from you, Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, and a very uplifting conversation with my friend Sharon. <laughs> 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 have combined to put a real smile on this face today. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe I won't turn my back on politics after all. Incredible. Like, who gives a shit, dude? Like, please fade into irrelevance, disappear into a cloud of <laughs> dust and drift off into the sea. So after this, there's a long pause in uh, texting between um, Meadows and Thomas. Now, it's um, unexplained. Perhaps they didn't talk at all. Perhaps they realized that, wait a minute, we should use forms of communication that can't be subpoenaed. But um, Chinny anyway. Thomas is now using Signal. <laughs> 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 so uh, the, the committee received just one additional text message sent by Thomas to Meadows, and it was on January 10th, which was four days after the horrifying Capitol riot. In that message, Thomas expresses support for Meadows and Trump and directed anger at Vice President Pence, who had, you know, refused to use his imaginary power to overturn the election, which Trump and a lot of Trump supporters thought he had. Thomas wrote this. We are living through what feels like the end of America. 
Most of us are disgusted with the VP and are in listening mode to see where to fight with our teams. Those who attack the Capitol are not representative of our great teams of patriots for GJT. Amazing times. The end of liberty. Good times. So that's what the um, January 6th committee has between them. Um, so, yeah. So what did we learn today, gentlemen? <laughs> anything? Anything? Um, that did... I, I learned that uh, the name Travis Few should be synonymous with Marquis de Sade. Mm. <laughs> I learned that cruelty yeah. is embodied. And yeah. has a name. <laughs> yeah, fascinating. I learned that you could literally be in like the top zero 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 one percent in terms of power and wealth and connections and still feel like you are trod upon and oppressed and the elites who are supposedly above you are still out to get you. Yeah, every day there's a battle for her soul in the text messages. Yeah, I she's, lear- she's fighting, man. Yeah, I learned that no matter uh, how connected you are to the highest levels of government, that you still can't get a proper answer on uh, all of the wild uh, sort of fantasies uh, that you think are are happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, I think it really, it, this whole case study is interesting because it creates problems for the whole conspiracy theories are for losers theory. You know, there's this idea that like, oh, you know, people, and they resort to conspiracy theories and conspiracy theorizing because they're powerless and they're uneducated and they, they mm. create these, um, these, you know, these elaborate fantasies about people oppressing them because they want to make sense of the social structures that don't allow them to have any sort of freedom or mobility. But that's certainly not the case with uh, Ginny Thomas. Well, she is powerless over the images that show up on her screen. That's right. Which like, oh. everyone is. So everyone, in a sense, you know, That's we true. live in this awful powerlessness. We're all trapped by like, sometimes I look at the, you know, the small screen and the big screen. They make me feel bad. And I, like, who is making the, the bad images pop up into my eyeballs? I need to destroy them. <laughs> One day, Ginny will be able to reach through that screen. We all hope the technology uh, will, you know, exist uh, and change the images with her hands. And that will be a beautiful day for America. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month to get a whole second episode every week plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising free and editorially independent. I know we say that every time, but we still appreciate it. For everything else, we've got a website as well, QAnonAnonymous.com. Listener, until next week, may the White Hats, Sidney Powell, uh, the Kraken, and the overturning <laughs> of the election uh, bless you and keep you. And if and if not, I've, I'm afraid I will lose my faith in this great country and this great GOP turning my back on politics once and for all. Actually, my faith restored. I will fight another day. All right, Jeannie, let's, I think it's time for a nap. I haven't hit my data cap yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a conspiracy, it's fact. And now, today's auto cue. We're going to dig into this poll a little bit more. As you know, all year long, we've been tracking something we call the frustration index with our ABC News Washington Post poll, and it captures how people feel about government generally, what they're feeling about the economy, 
their satisfaction with government, how they feel about incumbents in Congress, and how they feel about the president. And when you take a look at this uh, in this month, there actually shows a little less frustration than we've seen earlier this year. Take a look. Back in September, we had it up to 72%. Now it is at 68% down just a bit, but those numbers are still high. They are higher than they were both in 1994 and 2006, when of course Congress changed hands in 1994 to the Republicans and 2006 to the Democrats. And we're going to get a little bit more on this now uh, with one of the leaders of the Tea Party movement, Ginny Thomas. She's a founder and CEO of the grassroots conservative group Liberty Central. She's also worked with the Labor Department and the Chamber of Commerce and is also the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning, George. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let's begin with this uh, poll. You saw the numbers in Jake's poll, lessening of support for the Tea Party. We also see right now, I want to show another number from that poll, only 32% of Americans now believe that the Tea Party movement can actually come in and change Washington. So it seems like the more exposure the Tea Party is getting, the less popular it's becoming. Oh, I don't know about that. I think it's pretty popular out there from what I see.